It's game day, a look into Penn State and Purdue, my predictions for tonight's matchup. And also, is Ohio State really 17.5 points better than Notre Dame? You are locked on Big Ten. Your daily podcast on the Big Ten Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Hey, Nate Dickinson here. Thanks for tuning in to Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every day of the week. Coming up on today's show, we're going to get into Ohio State and Notre Dame with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes. Talk about what exactly we can expect from an Ohio State team that is a 17-point favorite over the number five team in the country. Also, we'll get into, of course, tonight's matchups, my predictions for both games, another look at Penn State and Purdue as well. But here's also just our rundown for the next couple of days' shows leading up into the weekend because we got a lot going on here in the Big Ten. Today, as I mentioned, we're going to get with Jay and talk mainly about that Ohio State-Notre Dame matchup on Saturday for a lot of the conversation with him on our show today. Again, I'm going to, of course, end things by giving you my picks and my final thoughts on Penn State and Purdue. After the game, Matt Sheehan and I are going to hop on and actually get on for tomorrow's show and get that thing up as soon as possible once that game ends to get our instant reaction there. I'll ask him about Michigan State's start to the season tomorrow as well, as well as we're going to have Jacob Root on as Indiana plays on Friday against Illinois too. So that's a lot that we have to go over. Also tomorrow, just a full preview, of course, of the slate of weekend games around the Big Ten. It's a lot to get to. I'm trying to squeeze it all here into the end of the week as we get into week one of the college football season. So again, Jay Stevens here on today in a little bit. That'll be the majority of today's show to get us prepped and ready for the biggest game of the weekend in college football. And then, of course, we'll get into Penn State and Purdue at the end of the show. We talked a lot about Penn State and Purdue on yesterday's show. Go back and listen to that one if you haven't yet. And then tomorrow, Indiana, Illinois, every other game. And oh, Minnesota and New Mexico State, too. I'll get my pick for that at the end of today's show. But if anything super interesting happens with the Gophers, we'll, of course, get into that tomorrow, too. I'm not expecting it to. But that's at least what we're looking at as far as what I'm thinking for the next couple of days of show. And if you're asking, like, okay, why aren't we getting more Penn State Purdue stuff? Go to yesterday's show. We went over more of that. I'll have some at the end here. And then we'll have reaction for you right away as soon as things are done. And Matt Sheehan, Jacob Brood, going to be on tomorrow's show to help us get into week one. All right, other news from the Big Ten before we turn things over to my conversation with Jay from earlier. Washington Washington could be the next Big Ten team as well with Oregon, of course you would expect. But Brett McMurphy of the Action Network, the guy who's been all over this stuff this offseason, is re- reporting that apparently Washington had meetings similar to the ones that we had reports of Oregon having before. In fact, when I first read it, I was thinking like, wait, didn't this happen a week ago? No, this is a different school, Washington, not Oregon. But the point is both of them could be coming to the Big Ten. 
And it looks like right now they're having those kind of preliminary conversations as the season is starting and has already started for Big Ten schools, of course. So what does this mean? I think it's a further confirmation that we could see some expansion news coming in the season, which is not something I thought was going to be happening a few months ago. Kevin Warren is that kind of aggressive. It was reported specifically again that he was not at these meetings, and it was phrased pretty much the exact same way, actually. It was trying to figure out if Washington is compatible to join the Big Ten. So the fact that both Oregon and Washington did this at pretty much the same time and doing it pretty much the same way as far as how the news got leaked out, it means to me that I think something's happening. I don't know what it is. I don't know how soon we could see it come to fruition, but at least right now you can't deny that the wheels are still turning in Kevin Warren's head for sure as to what's next for the Big Ten Conference. He, I again have said over the last couple of weeks now, I don't think is having any intentions of stopping anytime soon. Which, if you've been listening to the pod about a month ago, I was saying the exact opposite. I was saying like, hey, when the season starts, that's when we'll know this could be the end of this. Doesn't seem to be the case. At least not in Kevin Warren's mind. We're going to get to Jay Stevens here on Locked On Big Ten. That is coming up right here on the show. But first, as always, Bet Online is the place to go for any of your sports betting needs. We're going to get into the lines for the games here coming up tonight in the Big Ten. If you want to get on my side or not on my side, we'll get into our records here today as well from the first week. You can do it over at Bet Online. Any line you hear here is coming from their site. So head on over to Bet Online for all the latest lines, odds, and the most games that you could possibly think of to bet on. It's Bet Online where the game starts. Tune in to Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the conference every single day of the week. Jay Stevens is with us here as we start to look into the big matchup of week one. Ohio State hosts Notre Dame in a top five top five battle, but this one is not quite as close, according to Vegas, as the rankings would have us believe, Jay. A 17-point favorite has you feeling how going into this matchup as far as just confidence. So the spread is not changed how confident I am. I am confident in the Buckeyes, but with the spread specifically, Nate, it's just way too large, man. It's week one, not week zero, but still week one. And these teams have not played anybody else wearing a different color than their own jersey since last season. Most of the, some, well, I believe Notre Dame's, I don't know if they played in 2021 to 2022, which, what year the, their bowl game was, but it was last season. Months ago was the last time these guys played somebody other than the color of their own jersey. The refs are still getting, the refs are in week one form as well. So expect a few bad calls to happen there as well the spread is large man if this were october mid-october uh late october i would the, the spread right there 17 you could justify that being there i don't think there's a 17 point difference between these two teams in 2022 in week one both are really talented both are healthy well i think notre dame might have a couple of injuries but both teams are ready to go and ready to play and i i, I just don't see that happening in week one especially with Ohio State being home, I think they're going to – I mean, it's probably going to be a Ohio State win, but 17 points, I, I just don't see it. 
As you look at this team going into the matchup, we've talked plenty about how good this offense is. If there is any sort of question about this roster, it has to be on the defensive side of the football. But that's part of the reason why the Buckeyes brought in new D.C. Jim Knowles, Jay. How are people feeling about what that side of the ball is going to be like as he starts his tenure? They're excited, but they're also anxious. They're kind of anticipating what's to come but more anxious to see what is going to happen on the field. We have heard all offseason going back to his first day at Ohio State, where he was officially a coach at Ohio State, which I believe was January 2nd, where Knowles was a coach everyone loved. Saw him at Oklahoma State, saw him at Duke, saw how he built up these defenses, how he improved them quickly with talent that's not like the talent that's at Ohio State, but he is still doing phenomenal things with the talent at those places. And so with all that being said, everyone's excited, but more so anxious to see, is, is this really what we think it's going to be? Should I buy into the hype? As Buckeye fans might be asking themselves, is Knowles a deciding factor that him alone will change the defense? These are all things people are asking. I firmly think that it's kind of not a wait and see game, but kind of a wait and see game. Like I think the defense will be better, but many people have to see it. And they, I need to see the defense be better, not week four, week five, week one against Notre Dame. Uh, if there were a way for this game to go wrong for the Buckeyes, what is it? Whether it be just something Ohio State isn't able to do well or something Notre Dame can take advantage of? A couple things. I can't say just one. Uh, number one is the defense not being aggressive. If, if this is a non-aggressive defense and the defense, the defense is just not playing like you think it will be with the new defensive coordinator and all the hype around him. Just bad news. Bears, man. It's just bad for the Buckeyes if they're not aggressive, not an aggressive defense. But, but number two, not having a balanced uh, offensive attack. Everyone marvels at the offense the Buckeyes had last year. The numbers, number one, number one offense in the country. Statistically, broke records, broke Rose Bowl records, bowl game records, all this stuff. They did all that without a balanced rushing attack. And I remember hearing, seeing something on Twitter where someone who was not a, a really good, a really uh, crazy Ohio State fan, just a fan of the sport, wanted to watch the foot, football on the Rose Bowl, they said, what's up with the Buckeye running game? And they're just a casual observer of the Buckeyes, but they quickly realized the rushing game is not what you want it to be at Ohio State. The rushing game needs to be on point on Saturday. If it is not, things could go wrong for the Buckeyes. So let's get into actually what you're feeling about as far as like confident stuff, Jay, going into this game. What are you going to be watching for if if stuff gets, uh, let's say, out of hand here, if Ohio State starts to pull away? Is there anything that like other Big Ten fans you think should be looking out for what you're going to be looking out for as like, OK, the game's over. Now let's start focusing on some of these little things. How's this guy doing with this? How is this unit translating into the first game of the season, all that kind of stuff. Any like nitpicky insider things you think that those people who are interested in him would be looking out for too? How many receivers are in the starting rotation and who's on the field at the same time? There's a player by the name of Julian Fleming, a player that at Ohio State has had a few injury issues. Someone that I do believe can do big things in 2022 if he stays healthy. There's also a chance he starts quite a few games this year for the Buckeyes. I think Emeka Ekbuka, Marvin Harrison Jr., and Jackson Smith and J- Smith, Jackson Smith and Jigba should be the starters, the consistent starters. But I wouldn't be shocked if there was a game or two or all the games if Julian Fleming played. 
There's also a thing that Brian Hartline being the passing game coordinator, adding that to his resume. I think we, of course, of course I said this last year, it just didn't happen. There's a chance that you could see four wide receivers at Ohio State on the field at once, more a four wide set with one back and Henderson in the backfield. How do you defend that in college? Like these aren't, you're not going up against pros where the pros have professional backup cornerbacks. These are college guys where your backups, they're backups for a reason. Now, backups and there's a, a talent drop-off between the starters and the backups. What do you do if you bring out four wide? You may go trips one side. You may uh, have Harrison Jr. out wide to the other side all by himself and then Henderson in the backfield all alone. What do you do? I'm looking for those type of details with the receivers to see who's on the field, when are they on the field, what does Julian Fleming do in the game on Saturday? It's the biggest game of the weekend, number two against number five. But again, you have that huge spread to think about, too. So, Jay, before we let you go, just to get a true gauge of kind of where the confidence is at, how many times out of 100 does OSU win this game? Let's go Jay with the, Jay as the analyst and then Jay as a homer so everyone understands the difference between the two. The analyst, Jay, thinks that the book has won 75 out of 100 times against the Irish. I think the homer, Jay, would say that the book has won 90 times out of 100, only 10 times the, the fighting Irish win. I think the Buckeyes have their better quarterback, and honestly, there's a lot of pieces and positions the Buckeyes are better. However, I'm not going to look over and discredit what Notre Dame is, is as a football team, and I won't discredit Marcus Freeman being a better coach in game 51 if this, if this were a 100-game series than he is in game number one. So I do think the experience of the coaches will get better as there's a James Laurinaitis, a new coach over there, former Buckeye linebacker, I believe was a former All-American as well, is now coaching at Notre Dame. So there's a lot of in interesting, intriguing pieces and storylines to this uh, little game coming up on Saturday. Little. It's anything but little. But the analyst, Jay, says the Buckeyes went 75 out of 100. The homer says 90. I could even possibly say 95, but I don't want to go that far. Let's stick at those numbers for now. Yeah, I was going to say around 85 to 90. It's a team that I think is that much better, and I think it's much more likely we see a boring game that gets out of hand than one that's really, really close, which you mentioned isn't anything against Notre Dame, really. It's just I think we both believe that Ohio State is really that, that good, which could be kind of scary at the end of the day on Saturday once we're done with things over at the Horseshoe. Well, it'll be Analyst Jay, Homer Jay, all the Jays will be watching on Saturday, and then they'll have it all for you on Monday, the recap of everything that goes on between Notre Dame and Ohio State. And of course, whichever Jay we can get, he'll be back here on Locked On Big Ten to help break things down throughout the season. Jay, thanks as always for coming on to talk to us here on the show. Be sure to subscribe to Locked On Buckeyes wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll talk to you soon. Hey, welcome back into Locked On Big Ten. Again, a quick recap of everything that we're planning to do here with the first week of football coming up. Right now, I'm going to get through, again, a little preview of Penn State Purdue here tonight. If anything interesting happens between Minnesota and New Mexico State, we'll talk about that tomorrow. I just don't really expect it to be all that close with the Gophers, but we'll get to that when we talk about the spreads for each of these games in a second. Of course, we just talked to Jay about Ohio State-Notre Dame. We'll have full recaps of that matchup from over the weekend on Monday, as well as a preview of that game with all the others on tomorrow's just full rundown of the Week 1 slate. And then on tomorrow's show, we're going to have Matt Sheehan reacting to tonight's game between Penn State and Purdue. 
and also looking at Michigan State's first matchup of the year. And then Jacob Rood's on, too. Indiana plays Illinois on Friday, and we'll have him in to break down everything that's going on right now here in the Big Ten. Before we get to any of that, though, let's get into tonight's games. Two matchups, three Big Ten teams, and another full weekend of Big Ten football that is spanning all the way across the weekend, too, mind you. Thursday all the way through Saturday. It's going to be a whole lot of fun. First matchup, and of course the biggest one of the night, Penn State plays Purdue. We've gone over. Both these teams are looking to be top 25 good. Both of them received top 25 votes. And both of them have quarterbacks returning who are looking to prove themselves as good enough to win in the Big Ten. And win big, too. So with each team coming in with a similar kind of story to it, it would make sense that whoever comes out winning this game is going to win at least a huge momentum boost to start the season. I've been big on Purdue all offseason. I've been big on Aiden O'Connell all offseason too. In a year in which there is not any sort of real front runner for that second best quarterback in the conference, I think he's the guy that can step in and really, really take a big step forward if he answers the call. If not, there's plenty of other quarterbacks who will be good enough to put their teams in Indianapolis or if you're on Ohio State side in that game where you can challenge the Buckeyes too. This is the first step for Aiden O'Connell and the Purdue Boilermakers. I mentioned it in our little preview we had before. If Purdue wins this game, it means more than if Penn State does. This is the not-a-football-school coming in with a good team, trying to knock off a blue blood in the Big Ten and in all of college football in Penn State, despite whatever their record may have been last season. They are on the same plane as far as where they're trying to get this year in wins and losses and where their talent level may be looked at right now at least. But as far as who they are as schools and programs, it's still Penn State and Purdue. I think it's Purdue's time this year at least. I think Aiden O'Connell's good enough. I'm taking Purdue plus three and a half here to open the season. I do think that whoever gets this win gets a huge boost of momentum to start off with more wins to follow. But whoever loses it, of course, is 0-1 start off in the Big Ten. And we know how bad that can be when we saw it last weekend with Nebraska. So we'll see what ends up happening and how good each team looks. But my pick, Purdue plus three and a half. Before we get to the Minnesota pick, which is a huge, huge spread, my record on the year, it's 1-2, minus 1.09 units if you want to do things that way. Hopefully going to do things better. I had Nebraska and I took the under in the game in London. Neither of those hit. I did take Wyoming, or I did take Illinois against Wyoming, and the Illini won big. Other game was Minnesota, minus 36 against New Mexico State. I'll take New Mexico State in that one. Just a lot of points. And Minnesota, I'm sure, will run up the score plenty, but I don't know if it'll be 36 points good. Plenty of ways for this to not end up getting to that point. So I'll take New Mexico State plus 36, Purdue plus 3.5 at home. A couple of underdogs for me will, of course, figure out how it ends up when we talk to Matt Sheehan, at least for one of those games, Penn State and Purdue. And then we'll get his picks 
talk to Jacob Rood and maybe see what he thinks for the weekend too as well, as we're going to try and maybe keep track of all of that this season with the people that we have on the show whenever they get on here. Uh, that's enough for me talking here. I'll talk to you again tomorrow after a big Big Ten game. Of course, we'll recap Penn State and Purdue, preview the rest of the weekend around the Big Ten, and we'll have it for you right here on the program. Nate Dickinson with you. We'll talk to you soon. Until then, you've been listening into Locked On Big Ten.